0: Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Happy Monday, everybody. And this is not a victory Monday. The Timberwolves were blown out of the water by the LA Clippers on Sunday night, late on Sunday night on NBA TV. This is the post-game podcast. We're going to talk all about the game, what happened, um, and we'll peek ahead at the week Timberwolves don't play again until Tuesday. It's the rare Monday without a game. So they'll have a Tuesday, Wednesday back-to-back in Sacramento. Uh, But we'll mostly focus on Wolves Clippers. And there was plenty that went wrong in this one. So that'll be the focus of today's show. We'll also talk about individual studs and duds, as we always do post-game. So that'll be the show. Uh, A quick reminder here off the top, you can follow the show anywhere you listen to podcasts. That includes Apple, Google, Spotify, and the all-new Odyssey app. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. And uh, as I mentioned, wherever you can get Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can also follow on Twitter at LockedOnTWolves and at B Beacon. That's B Beacon. Two Bs, two Es, C K E N. Okay, um, let's go ahead and jump into the game flow of, of this one, and uh, then we'll get into key takeaways here in just a minute. This game wasn't really close at any point. The Timberwolves technically were within three points. I mean, they, they were. I guess were literally within three points at the end of the first quarter but it kind of felt like it got out of control midway through the first. The Wolves got down double digits quickly. They did get back to within three, um, but the energy just wasn't really there. The Clippers, for as easy as it would be for a team like LA to just kind of roll the ball out there and see what happens against a team like the Timberwolves, the effort level was the exact opposite. And, And actually, this was addressed post game. Carl Anthony Towns talked about this, about how basically, I'm paraphrasing now, but we win one game and we think you know, we don't need to try as hard. Basically. But we've seen that a lot from this team. It's weird. And and if you go back and look, by and large, outside of these games that Towns missed this last week against Milwaukee and Brooklyn, the Wolves have been, well, actually, no, I think that fed into the same pattern. The Wolves are like winning one game, losing two, winning one game, losing two, which is still better than what it was earlier this season. But it's it's partially mental and effort and, and all this. It's very weird. Um, and the fact that Towns is, is aware of it is interesting too, because in theory, he should be setting the tone for the team, right? And and this wasn't a great game from Towns. It didn't feel like it was an effort thing. He was trying defensively. Um, I, I'm, not, I'm certainly not pinning this on Towns. It's just an interesting kind of self-aware assessment from Towns. Um, but at any rate, the Timberwolves were competitive, at least early, pushed back a little at the end of the first quarter, but the Clippers were ready to play. They were They were energetic. They were playing hard on both ends. They were running the floor. They were getting open threes in transition, which was the biggest issue early, was transition defense. The second quarter was all Clippers, and LA ended up taking a 19-point lead into halftime. The Timberwolves bench could not do anything against LA, and and the Clippers got whatever they wanted. Um, it, It was mostly defense, but the Wolves offense, too. I mean, Minnesota scored... What would they have at halftime? Fifty uh fifty-three. So they scored fifty-three in the first half. But I mean, it, it wasn't you know, they got a couple of buckets in transition. They did they did commit or they did uh force some turnovers on the Clippers and got a couple easy baskets in transition. That the half court offense just didn't have much flow to it for Minnesota in this one. D'Angelo Russell came in and hit a couple buckets, and then all of a sudden, it was the D'Lo show and he did the thing where he used every possession down the court, had an air ball from mid range, had a couple of badly missed threes that he missed short. And outside of the first couple of minutes, this wasn't a very good game for D'Lo. And he kind of was a big part of the offense grinding to a halt in the second quarter. So they're down 19 at halftime. The third quarter was the ugliest quarter. um, And that meant that the wolves at one point got down by as many as 38 points in this game. I think it was late in the third uh, when that happened. And, Again, it was as much offense as it was defense at this point. The offense was just it had no flow to it. The defense was not competitive in transition, which is which is kind of par for the course for for this Wolves team. But the overall wing defense, point of attack defense in the half court was miserable and and really it was it was actually the help defense as much as anything. They actually defended ball screen at the top of the key fairly well and it were we okay there, but it was as soon as the Clippers drove, the defense was collapsing too hard or the angles weren't good in terms of like Anthony Edwards uh, was collapsing too hard off of guys in the corner. It's the same issue we saw or um, we've seen a lot more of of late is the Timberwolves are being so aggressive to try and stop the ball that they're leaving these guys wide open for threes and, and the spacing isn't good defensively. The help defense spacing isn't good. And, and we saw a lot of that in this game and the Clippers just got a bunch of open three point attempts for the game. They shot 50% from three and 50.6% from the floor. 21 for 42 from three. Now, sometimes three-point shooting that's that good is fluky. And there were a couple of ridiculous shots in this one. Um, Marcus Moore Sr. had a couple of just crazy shots that, that I mean, he shouldn't, nobody should ever really make, right? I mean, there, there were certainly a couple of lucky shots, but you don't shoot 21 to 42 just based on luck. And the Timberwolves allowed far too many wide open threes. Um And that was the biggest issue. The fourth quarter, the Wolves actually fought back after getting down by 38. And they were down by uh, 37 going to the fourth, I believe. And it it just, they competed against the Clippers uh, bench, entirely the Clippers bench. You know, DeMarcus Cousins, we saw, I think, both Amir Coffey and Daniel Oturu, both Minnesota natives and, and former Golden Gophers, played the entire fourth quarter. The Timberwolves actually played really well in the fourth. They were a plus 16 as a team. Towns played a little at the start of the fourth, but he banged his knee on a drive to the basket. It was tough to tell live whether it was a knee, or whether he banged it knee to knee or whether it was a tweak. And a tweak in that situation would have been pretty worrisome, but it does sound like a postgame. They said he just knocked it against somebody else. So they took him out shortly after that, and it was mostly the Wolves bench, uh, some Ed Davis minutes, Jake Lehman, Jarrett Culver. For the most part, that group did well and and to their credit played hard, but it didn't really matter. And all it did was get the final margin to 19 points instead of... Thirty plus, but chalk this up as another game the Wolves trailed by thirty or more, and it just missed getting to forty. Um, so disappointing to be sure. Good that they showed some fight at the end, but this worrisome—I not even a trend at this point, just the reality that the Timberwolves just kind of, you know, they figure they can just kind of trot out there and you know suit up and see what happens against some of the league's best teams, just because they won the previous game that continues and we've, we've seen far too much of it this year. So, um, next what I want to do is get into the key takeaways, the, the nuts and bolts of this thing, what the wolves did really well, which I guess wasn't much in this game and mostly what they didn't do well, the biggest reasons for the loss. Um, so that's what we'll do next here. First though, let's talk about our friends at indeed. You're the hiring expert for your company. What you really need is help making your short list of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who helps you make your life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview. All on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. With tools like Indeed Instant Match giving you quality candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your job description immediately and Indeed Skills Tests that on average reduces hiring time by 27%. You can choose from more than 130 skills tests or add your own, then add your must-have requirements so you only pay for applications that meet them. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash locked. That's a $75 credit at indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Let's also talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar of all time. There's 18 amazing flavors you can choose from on BiltBar.com. They all taste exactly like a candy bar. My favorites are Cookies and Cream, cherries, Barcia, Toffee Almond, Coconut, mint brownie. Who am I kidding? I have probably 10 that I could call favorites, but they're all amazing. Trust me, builtbar.com. Every single one tastes just like a candy bar. Every single one is covered in hundred percent chocolate. It's all soft and easy to chew. They're perfect for the health conscious guy or gal. You can lose or maintain weight while still indulging in a delicious treat. All built bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high in fiber, and perfect for the keto diet. You can go to BiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your next order. That's the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BiltBar.com. You can get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Okay, let's talk about key takeaways from this one. Number one, an issue that we keep talking about almost every time the Timberwolves lose and even sometimes when they win is rebounding. Timberwolves rebounding was awful again for the game. They were a minus 11. They were out rebounded 48 to 37. They gave up eight offensive rebounds to the Clippers and, um, certainly second chance points were an issue once again. And, uh, the, the Timberwolves just really struggled on the glass. Uh, You know, Towns only had six rebounds and he only played 25 minutes. Um, I mean, Jade McDaniels is the starting four. And once again, he played 27 minutes and pulled down one rebound. Um, Nasri did have seven rebounds in 21 minutes, which is great. But Wancho played 18 minutes, had two rebounds. Um, There were a couple of moments in the game where Chris Finch seemingly only put in Jared Vanderbilt, only put him on the court because of rebounding issues, right? I mean, the Timberwolves were rebounding so poorly that they had to have, there were stretches where they had Wancho at the three and they had Vanderbilt on the court along with Nasri. Reed. The Wolves even played Nas and Towns together for long stretches in this game, which was beneficial both offensively and on the glass, uh, but they tried doing that for for quite some time and it just wasn't enough. Now, for the season, the Timberwolves defensive rebounding rate and overall rebounds have crept upwards a little bit, and I think that's in part due to playing Nas, Reed, and Towns together more often, and Finch has been using bigger lineups with either Vanderbilt or McDaniels at the three. Um all right, I guess. Sorry, I should say either McDaniels or Hernan Gomez at the three. Vanderbilt's usually play in the four or the five. Uh, so I do think that that's why they've rebounded so much better under Finch. However, it's still an issue in these games that they lose. And it was a major problem in this one. And then related to that was just overall play in the paint. Um, Anthony Edwards got into the paint a fair amount in this game, but he shot just one of five on two point attempts and was denied at the rim a couple of times. He did get bailed out with a couple of foul calls, which, you know, it's about time he does. He was six of seven at the free throw line, but he struggled in the paint. Um, D'Lo actually got into the paint a little bit and was okay there. Uh, but but the Clippers had a pretty effective plan to stop both primarily Towns and Edwards in the paint at the rim. And those are really the only guys that get to the rim, right? I mean, Jordan McLaughlin missed a couple of point blank shots in this one. And, and he's had, that's been an issue for him lately. Uh, but who else on the Timberwolves actually gets to the rim? Most guys are content shooting jumpers. I mean, Jaden McDaniels, Akogi doesn't get there often in the half court. Um, Rubio, I get, I guess Rubio is one of the guys who actually gets to the rim a little bit, uh, but the Timberwolves just didn't shoot the ball well overall in this one, especially in the paint. And a lot of that can be attributed to how good the Clippers played defensively in the paint. And they only had three threes, but don't let that, fo- or excuse me, three blocks. Don't let that fool you. The Clippers were a solid, uh, did, did a really good job in the paint in this one and deterred the Timberwolves from doing much offensively. Inside the arc, and it, it worked out for LA. Um, the other thing is the off, off ball defense I mentioned in the first segment. The Timberwolves gave up just way too many wide open three point attempts. And if you go back and watch on almost any action, initial action within the offense, the Timberwolves wing defenders, if they're not on the ball, so that's usually going to be Anthony Edwards. Josh Akogi was often on the ball in this one, right? You'd think it would be D'Angelo Russell, but the Timberwolves try and hide Russell defensively enough against these teams that initiate offense with. With like a, for instance, a Kawhi Leonard or a Paul George, um, you know Reggie Jackson isn't always initiating offense for this team. Oftentimes it's Kawhi, or it's it's Paul George, and so D'Angelo Russell's then playing off the ball, and in some situations, Russell struggles as much as an off-ball defender as he does on the ball. Um, I, I think while he has understanding of of spacing and timing, and and he's an intelligent player, it's like sometimes he just kind of gets caught in the wash and 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 turns his head too much and, and gets back cut on or just he, he sags too far the, he just has issues with off the ball spacing. Anthony Edwards has always had those issues throughout the year. And lately I think, uh, yeah, his steal streak came to an end in this one after like 25 straight games with the steal, which I'm glad that's over because it was misleading. He, he just kind of gets caught in no man's land and he doesn't, he doesn't, you know, stunt hard enough at shooters to make an impact or he doesn't, um, come down and double on a drive, and provide additional support hard enough, but he also doesn't, doesn't play it where he can get back to his man in the corner. So he gives up open corner threes, um, or open, you know, or he's recovering late. And so it's an easy pump fake and, a, you know, attacking a closeout. Somebody drives right past him. We're seeing that too often with Edwards. We're seeing it too often with D'Angelo Russell. We're seeing it too often with at times, even Jade McDaniels, although primarily McDaniels and, and, uh, Akogi were the on-ball defenders in this one and did okay. Um, it pulled them away from the glass. They each only had one rebound in this game. but um, And also, you look at Kawhi and realize you know, he had 15, 11, and eight, and, and Paul George had 23 points. But neither of them were all that efficient. It was just a, a matter of the Timberwolves gave up too many easy buckets in transition, too many second chance points, and the Wolves offensively were really bad. And that's how the Clippers built this lead. It wasn't because Kawhi and Paul George were unstoppable. It was just the the sheer number of open threes, whether that was in transition or in the open court. But um, the on-ball point of attack defense for those two, for McDaniels and Akogi, wasn't all that bad in this game. It was the help defense. It was securing the defensive rebound. It was all the other stuff that were bigger issues in this game than the actual, you know, the attempt at slowing down Kawhi and and PG um, for the Timberwolves. Also, Uh, Ivaka Zubats was a problem for Towns in this game. He actually played him pretty well straight up. The Clippers had a little bit of a unique defensive strategy where Zubats wasn't necessarily trying to guard Towns on the perimeter. The Clippers were allowing guards to try and slow him down there. And then Zubats was picking him up just inside the arc. And Towns was only one of six on three-point attempts in this game and four of nine inside the arc. He wasn't really successful from anywhere necessarily. Um, But the Clippers kind of this was just a unique way to cover Towns, and it worked really well, and the Wolves didn't have anything else. They couldn't do anything else offensively, um, and without Towns having a good game, with Edwards struggling in the paint, up until the fourth quarter, this this Wolves offense was just kind of sputtering, um, and it was really, really disappointing. Um, okay, next, I want to do individual studs and duds. I want to take a peek ahead at the upcoming schedule, and that will be the rest of the show here today. First, though, let's talk about BetOnline.ag. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NBA, MLB, and the NHL are all in full swing, and BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA draft with the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast, Scouting Reports, Draft Rumors, Mock Drafts, and more. From credential draft experts, follow the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Okay, let's talk studs and duds in this one. Um, this is tough from a from a not that many guys played that well in this game perspective. Um quite honestly, I I, I guess we'd have to give one to Nas Reed. Um, he had 13 and 7 in only 21 minutes, played a lot at the four in this one, and was good. I mean, he was five of ten shooting, knocked down an open three, was one of two outside the arc, drew a couple fouls, was two of three at the free throw line. And uh, had a block defensively. He was a minus fourteen in his twenty-one minutes. But everybody except the garbage time guys was a was a heavy minus in this one. And uh, you know, Nas was good. He he was solid as the four. Um, you know, he was about the only guy in the Timberwolves that that basically rebounded outside of what you'd expect, except for maybe Anthony Edwards. Um, so I, you got to give one to Nas. This was this was solid, and and I think we'll see more. It, again, it depends on matchups, and it made sense against. Uh, a team that has such a big lineup with the Clippers, with Zubats and, and more Sr., both in the front court, It made sense to play Nas a little bit more at the four. And I think we'll see more of this down the stretch this season to see if it's viable moving forward. Um, so good game from Nas. Um, I'm going to give one to Anthony Edwards. And, and he really... I mentioned he struggled in the paint, and he did... He kind of he kept going back to the well and in his th- yeah he shot eleven threes, but he also made five of them and he didn't shoot that many until late in the game when at that point it was like you know why not um he ended up with twenty three points on sixteen shots, and that's great twenty three points six rebounds three assists only one turnover played twenty nine minutes which was a team high and five eleven on threes got to the free throw line seven times and made six of them so a good all around game from Anthony Edwards. And he just couldn't finish in the paint. And But to his credit, he kept going back to the well. He tried. You know, Zubats is a good defender. The Clippers did a great job of walling up. And he did draw some fouls. And so even though he didn't actually make that many shots in the paint, I think he made just one, um, he tried. He got there. He got fouled. And that is a huge part of the battle. And it opened up a little bit uh, for him outside the arc then as well. And, and teams are allowing him to shoot the three. I've talked about that before. But um, he made his open threes in this one when he got the attempts. And this was a solid all-around game from Ant. Um, so so kudos to him. And, and then also, uh, I, I guess because we have to pick a third, we'll go with Jaden McDaniels for the third one. 11 points in this game, 4 of 6 shooting, 3 of 5 outside the arc. Made a couple of nice spot-up threes in this game. He only had one rebound in 27 minutes, but his on-ball defense was solid. He competed... Um, this wasn't a game where he was going to be able to make a, a strong impact on the glass, which is why he ended up seeding some minutes to Nas and played some minutes at the three. But he did a good enough job defensively on Kawhi and, and uh, you know stuck his nose in there, played hard, was efficient offensively. And in a game where the Wolves just all the way around weren't very good, that was a positive thing. OK, uh, in terms of duds, this is also kind of tough because, again, since this was an all around rough game, it, it's hard to kind of pinpoint anybody, um, but... We'll give one to D'Angelo Russell. He did shoot five of 13 and had 11 points, four assists. But he had he had that stretch in the second quarter where he just kind of tanked the Wolves offense. Four assists, six turnovers in this game for D'Lo. One of five outside the arc, had a couple of bad misses short. And uh, he was a minus 20, which was the second worst mark on the team next to Carl Anthony Towns, who was a minus 29. Um, the The D'Lo Towns minutes in this one weren't great. But uh, he had 11, four, six turnovers, five of 13 shooting, and just wasn't in rhythm in this game. Tried too hard to make things happen. He, you know, he hit his first couple of shots or like three of his first four or something like that. And then from that point forward, it was kind of downhill for D'Lo. Um So not a great game from him. Um, we'll go with, for a, for a second dud in this one, we'll go with Juancho Hernan Gomez. He had two points, two rebounds in 18 minutes, was one of five shooting, missed all three of his three-point attempts. And after being pretty solid over the past, I don't know, week and a half or so when he's gotten the opportunity, it was a quiet game from him. And, and if he's not making open threes, if he's O of three on threes, he probably isn't doing much else. Um, although we've seen his, an uptick in rebounding and, and, and such from him, but he also struggled defensively. He played some three in this one and and having Wancho at the three is not good for your defense, but, uh, just two points, two rebounds, three missed threes, one of five shooting for Wancho puts him in the dud category. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, putting a bow on this one, just a bad all-around game. If, if the fourth quarter hadn't, this would have been even more devastating if the fourth quarter hadn't, you know, garbage time hadn't brought the Wolves to within 19, which tells you just how bad this game was. But the rebounding, the defense, the transition defense, the help defense, um, and then also just the offensive execution was all poor. And hopefully the Timberwolves, they should be able to turn things around against Sacramento this week. They have Sacramento both Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, back-to-back in Sacramento, although the Kings just beat the, beat the Mavericks by 14 on Sunday. So they're feeling good about themselves, but the Wolves just recently beat the Kings uh, a couple of weeks ago. They beat Sacramento by 10 at home, um, and that was a game in which uh, Towns had 23-13-5. D'Lo had 25 uh, points in that game as well off the bench, and it was just kind of a good all-around game for Minnesota. Anthony Edwards was good. So we'll preview that on Tuesday um, ahead of the 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 back-to-back against the Kings. That'll be Tuesday's show. So we'll dig into that a little bit more. Um, and also talk, there's a couple other things I want to cover this week. I want to look at, um, there was a, a writer at Dunking with Wolves, uh, the website where I'm the co-editor, who had who broke down the Timberwolves draft history, which we know is bad, but he specifically broke down the pick after the Timberwolves pick throughout Wolves franchise history and just how devastating the Wolves have been, or how devastating it's been that the Wolves have been off by one pick, Many times, far more than you or I would have expected. So I want to talk through a couple of those things and and give credit to him, of course, on uh, on Tuesday's show, and we'll dig into a couple other things this week. um, Kind of checking in on you know now we're a little bit past we're really at about the three quarters mark of the season on you know some some trends that we're seeing in terms of two man and three man lineups and why the Wolves have improved the rebounding the ball in areas where they've gotten worse in recently. Um, so kind of dig into that since we've got a couple of extra days this week with the schedule allowing a little bit of breathing room here. So, um, that'll be the shows upcoming this week. Be sure you're, you're following the podcast so you don't miss any of it. You can follow anywhere you listen to podcasts, including Apple, Google, Spotify, and the all new Odyssey app. Of course, Odyssey is A-U-D-A-C-Y. You can also follow on Twitter at Locked on T-Wolves and at B Beacon. That's B Beacon. Two B's, two E's, C K E N. All right, that's all we have for you today. Thanks once again for listening to the Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. And uh, today's episode, a reminder, was brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Visit RockAuto.com and tell them Lockdown sent you. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon, this is the Locked on Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.